thank you for joining me for the Coal Mine Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas. Several weeks after President Biden's inauguration, a new conspiracy theory associated with QAnon took hold. And it claimed that President Trump would reclaim the presidency on March 4th and carry out a campaign of mass arrest that QAnon calls the storm. This episode examines some of the reasons why that belief has taken hold and looks at ways this kind of conspiracy theory about our government keeps coming up and tries to alert us to circumstances where it may pose some dangers in the future for the correct operation of our democratic system. Every generation has got a particularly creative source of conspiracy theories, and in our time, it is called QAnon. It shot to national prominence during the 2020 election. QAnon has two central ideas. The first, that there is a highly placed intelligence official in the government somewhere called Q. Q, the name is taken from the highest level of security in the Department of Energy. And Q would make various cryptic posts, sometimes a couple of times a day, sometimes daily, sometimes every week or so, about the coming storm. The second idea, the storm would take place when President Trump would reveal his secret campaign to fight a evil cabal conspiracy in the government, primarily made up of Democratic political leaders, and would arrest them and have them tried by military tribunals for various crimes against the country. Two problems with this theory that have come out over time. The first is that Q has vanished. After the election day in November, when it became clear that Joe Biden was going to win the votes in the key states and ultimately win the electoral majority, Q simply stopped posting. So the QAnon movement no longer has its namesake profit working for them. And the second related problem is the storm never happened. There was a lot of hypothesizing that it would happen on this day or that day during the election process, that the inauguration day itself would be a big head fake and all these people were going to be arrested, but that didn't happen. President Trump got on a plane, flew back to Florida, and became Donald Trump private citizen. Many members of QAnon gave up at that point and said, well, it just wasn't meant to be. But others have doubled down, and they have adopted a new theory that March the 4th will be the coming of the storm. There are three parts to this new theory as it's been played out online and explained among people talking about this. The first is that in 1871, a law changed the United States into a corporation. Second, that 1933, the U.S. moved off of the gold standard that made us beholden to a group of international bankers. And the third is that as a symbol, outward symbol of this giving up of control by the people of the U.S., we moved the inauguration date, also in 1933, from March 4th to the present date of January 20th by constitutional amendment. So the idea is that the March 4th return of Donald Trump to power is symbolic and it will mark the reversal of these two events. The U.S. will be returned to its original condition as a country and not a corporation, and we will revert to the gold standard. Uh, you may see the number 19 associated with this because the last legitimate president under this theory was Ulysses Grant, our 18th president. Donald Trump will become the 19th president. Sounds strange. But the truth is that there is accurate information behind each part of this conspiracy theory. The first is true. Congress did pass a law in 1871 that relates to the creation of a corporation. The problem is it was the creation of laws about the administration of the District of Columbia and basically said that they, the citizens of D.C., could have the equivalent of a city council instead of being run like a military base or a national park or something like that, like the way other federal territories are administered. So that law's there. It does create a governance structure, but it doesn't create one for the country, creates one basically for a big city. Second, 
It's true that we went off the gold standard in 1933, and it is equally true that in that same year, we moved the inauguration date to January 20th, both for reasons that had nothing to do with the creation of a corporation. The gold standard was done, and a move was made in an effort to fight the Great Depression, and the move in the inauguration date was to solve a problem that had been a problem for many, many, many years, the very long lame duck period between Election Day in November and the inauguration of the president. We've certainly seen in the recent election The longer the period of time went on, the more election litigation there was, the more people gave speeches about how they were willing or unwilling to concede, and it just creates problems when that kind of thing drags on. So that was the thinking. How, though, do you get mentally from three things that are true to combining them in a way to create something that is fanciful? The answer, or at least a good part of the answer, lies in our psychology and is explained by something fittingly for a discussion of conspiracies on Mars, a mountainous area called Sidonia. We go back in time to July 25th, 1976. Viking 1, the first mission that we sent to Mars, was orbiting the planet, looking for a landing place for its companion, Viking 2. It took a number of pictures of the surface and sent them back. And it took one that NASA released to the public with the caption, This is a huge rock formation which resembles a human head. Of course, that got a great deal of attention. Everybody wanted to talk about the giant head sculpture on Mars. It does, in fact, look like a great big head. It's been photographed dozens of more times since then by other probes, and it has been exhaustively proven that it is simply not a head. It's a lot of rocks that, under the resolution of that camera, looked like one, but it just isn't. It's just a bunch of rocks laying there that you find everywhere else on Mars. Why did we see that head in the first place, and why has it sort of stuck in our minds and lingered in our conscience? The answer comes from psychology, two concepts called pareidolia and apophenia. Big words for something simple that we experience every day. It's our natural tendency to put information from our senses into patterns and objects that we're familiar with. Why do we do this? The general explanation is this was useful to us when we were hunter-gatherers and we're out dealing with predators and threats to our survival on a daily basis. We could quickly look at our surroundings, look at the raw information that our senses of sight and smell and sound were giving us, and we would know, friend or foe. We could tell whether or not we were in danger or whether or not we were among friends. In modern times, it's how text-based emojis work. When you type a colon and a parent and you see that as a smiley face, you are engaging in parolia. You are seeing a pattern from something that on its face is really not a face. It's just a couple of different punctuation marks. As with many other survival traits that may have made sense once upon a time, pothenia is not always a healthy thing. The March 4th return of President Trump and the storm and all that is an example of that. You have basically correct ideas that are put together into a framework that doesn't make sense by people trying to stitch them together and trying to look for a pattern that is not there. Another example, it's another basis for a similar sort of theory about the coming so-called storm. It's called NACERA, the National Economic Security and Recovery Act. In the 1990s, there was an economics graduate student named Harvey Bernard. He self-published a book about how to reduce the national debt, thought it was a good idea, so he mailed it to every member of Congress. As is usually the case with books like that, that go unsolicited, it was not read, it was not acted upon. He was a little frustrated, so he republished it online under the title, Draining the Swamp, the Nassara Study Monetary and Fiscal Policy Reform. Got some discussion, minor league conspiracy thought got going about it, people talked about the great Nassara theory, 
and they were waiting for some future event when it would become public, it would have died out as a conspiracy theory, but for two later developments. September 11th, 2001, one of the main online commentators about Nasara, almost immediately after the attacks, made a post online that said the World Trade Center attacks were arranged to stop the implementation of Nasara, taking it from sort of a secret behind-the-scenes policy to become implemented that would have happened but for the attacks that disabled Wall Street for some period of time. And of course, almost 20 years later, Donald Trump, in his campaign for president 2016, seized on the phrase, drain the swamp, as a campaign slogan. Three unrelated events, frustrated graduate student, terrible terrorist attack in the financial center of New York, and the choice of a catchy campaign slogan by a charismatic presidential candidate. But using our natural tendency to stitch things together that don't belong, apophenia, this gave rise to a new conspiracy theory, and it's the next thing in line. Assuming that the world does not stop on March the 4th, there are deadlines claimed to be associated with the implementation of Nassara. They'll run out into the summer of 2021. I'm sure there'll be something else after that. It's the same process applied to new facts to produce a similar result, a conspiracy theory that feels good, that explains a lot of divergent information, but it is grounded in part of our makeup psychologically that's intended to help us identify predators, not to help us distill information into theories about the operation of government. There are risks to this, and real ones. The first is that this kind of thinking can be manipulated. An example of that we saw with the Nasara theory, just people talking online until someone sees the opportunity to make an observation about it as a result of a high-profile event, the September 11th terrorist attacks, and that propelled it into people's minds, and they began thinking about it more, and it gained in popularity. And relatedly, that manipulation poses a threat to the stable operation of our constitutional form of government. We have three branches of government, and the theory of our Constitution is that each of those is grounded in some way in being responsive to the people. The people choose either directly or indirectly their representatives, their president, their judges, and those branches of government interact and try to carry out the will of the people. But the framers of the Constitution, wise men for their time, were not familiar with the idea of apophenia, except maybe at some kind of gut level, had not been identified scientifically. And that kind of psychological trait about the way we process information in a way that can be manipulated is a danger. The garbage in, garbage out principle. If people let themselves be led astray by manipulation of these things that are deep within our minds, what results in the political process is not useful dialogue and thinking. It's just casting nonsense back and forth. And then the three branches of government will have a problem interacting with each other and producing the kinds of laws and the kind of society that we want. Today on Coal Mine, we traveled to Mars and we took a look at a pile of rocks. And based on what we saw in that rock pile, we gained some insight into modern-day conspiracy theories, how they embody the psychological idea of apophenia, the tendency that we have to make order out of chaos, to decide whether or not we're facing a friend or a foe based on things that we see in our environment around us. Useful at one point in time, dangerous in our current form of government, particularly if someone with evil intent tries to manipulate it, making it more popular, and making it a way of influencing people as opposed to simply what it was intended to do in the first place, help us distinguish danger from safety. 
back on Earth in upcoming episodes of Coal Mind. I'll be looking at how the Biden presidency is implementing its policies of a new administration, especially after the near collapse of our electricity grid here in Texas in February of 2021. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon. 